I'm Stacey Gross, and this is Two Moms Day Drinking. Chanel Damon is a behavior specialist and a school psychologist in the state of New York. Chanel has worked for over a decade helping children with behavioral and mental health issues and their families be more successful in life and at school. Chanel also has two children of her own, and in this episode, she talks about the dissonance between being a school psychologist and being a mom, which often involves a lot of dual relationship management and honest self-reflection. That's what I usually happens. I know. They're all hidden though. I know. When I first got I here, I know that one's nice too. It's nice and bright. <laughs> so we are at our annual hotel night. It's super fun. You always wanted to have kids, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Like since you were little. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I wanted a lot of kids. <laughs> and then I had a kid. <laughs> and then my mom said the same thing. She wanted like five. And she's like, then I had you and I was done. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I have two. And some days that's more than. Yeah. 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 My nightmare is, is having one more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've, I've talked to a lot of moms and they're like, um, yeah, I'm all done now. And they've got one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too much to keep up with, with all the things they're in. Too. Yeah. Like you can't, you know, if we add one more, then, yeah. you know, they'll probably have to lose something. And then you're me mom because, yeah. you know, all I have to do is give them the wrong colored cup, but I'm already the meanest mom on the planet. Oh, so. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. How dare I take away one activity? <laughs> so. And you guys had to work really hard to have kids. Yes. yes. Does, is that something that you want to talk about or not? Oh, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So what was, I mean, did you... Was it a big surprise for you that it was a difficulty for you to have kids? Yeah. I mean, nobody really, at least back then, because um, that was nine years ago now, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't talked about. Miscarriages weren't talked about. Yeah. You were, in essence, you just kind of shamefully went through it and, uh-huh. and all of this. But now it's not as, it's known. And I think things like this, like the yeah. podcast and all the, all the moms on the internet yeah. now with their Facebook pages and their yeah. Instagram pages. And you realize how common it is. I mean, the doctor tells you it's common when mm-hmm. you're in there, but when yeah. you don't hear other people talk about it, you're like, yeah. yeah, right. You're full of shit. You're just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so it would, I think it's easier for moms now because they have a, a group of people they can connect with and they right. know, like everybody knows about rainbow babies and right. everything else. And so, right. But back then, yeah, no, it wasn't. I think that's one of my favorite things about social media and everybody wants to complain about social media, but I think as long as you're able to mitigate it yourself and kind of check yourself and how you're reacting to it, I think it's really great for all of that connection to happen because Mm -hmm. you don't feel isolated in anything. You don't need to. I mean, you can find any, anywhere on the internet, you can find someone who's been through Mm -hmm. what you've been through. You can find your people. Mm -hmm. So you just have to stay away too, because there's a lot of mom shaming yeah which is hard yeah you know all the pinterest moms who have and i know i'm guilty i'm i am i am guilty, <laughs> I am guilty. Of some of that myself guilty as charged. But, um it's too like you know there's some of my mom friends have like all these posts for valentine's day where they got all these like pinterest created valentine's gifts for their kids yeah and then they did them all for the class and i was like i oh. went to walmart and bought fun dip I yeah. don't have time to Pinterest or specially make cookies. Right. <laughs> so I don't have time for any of that. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible sometimes. I feel like I'm supposed to, but yeah. 
I did I did more with the first. Mm-hmm. Like I used to make little Pinterest snacks for him to take every yeah. day, and now I remember the day before, and I throw boxes of Nutrigrain bars in the backpack and send her on her way. Typical second kid. <laughs> Mine are lucky they didn't just get packs of like ketchup that we've gotten from Arby's or wherever. Napkins and plastic spoons. <laughs> yeah, I literally the day before their party, I went to Walmart and just picked up two boxes of Airheads. I'm like, here you go. Yeah, I forgot about it until the note comes home. But you know what? They were just as happy with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. She picked the fun dip. So yeah. As long yeah. as it had Elsa on it, I don't think she cared. How, how long did it take you to have your first? Um, we tried for almost two years. Um, the first year, they make you go a year without any kind of intervention. And then... Um, then they'll start intervening. So, but the shitty part was, was my insurance was horrible. So we had to drive all the way out to Brattleboro for every treatment. So it was like an hour and a half drive just to get to the OB. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a lot of testing. Um, I think I had, I had three miscarriages before wow. we conceived Jasper. Um, and it was tough at that point because yeah. you're through the whole pregnancy. You're terrified that something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a year and a half to two years yeah. with some of that being on fertility treatments. Yeah. And then Kenzie just kind of showed up. Showed up. Surprise! Yeah. Well, there I had a miscarriage between the two of them. Yeah. Um, so we'd actually just started going back to the doctor to right. talk about starting treatments, and I was going to start the following month. Yeah. And though when we found out we were pregnant with her, it was scary oh. because I conceived her without any yeah. medication, so I wasn't, you know, you weren't sure if she was going to sustain. So. Yeah. Wow. It must have been terrifying. Like, at what point, when you finally had Jasper, at what point in your pregnancy were you, did you start to feel like, I cannot worry now? When he was born. When he was born. <laughs> I wonder if that would be your answer. I have a feeling. Yeah. No. It wasn't until he was born. Yeah. There's no safe. Once you've lost so many, there's yeah. no. And I lost them at all different variations of pregnancy. So, they're, yeah. you know, so it, it wasn't. A... They're at all different stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, what were your feelings? Like, did you take on any, like personal responsibility for it like did you because when I was talking to Cody um he was talking about like his girlfriend at the time kind of felt like she was responsible for it in some way did you ever feel that way I don't know if I felt responsible because I mean I knew all the medical pieces of it I mean it doesn't make it 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 still hurts right and it still sucks right um but I think maybe with the first miscarriage you Mm -hmm. do feel a little more because it's your first and you're excited and but, you're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But I think by, by the third or fourth one, you, mm-hmm. you kind of, you've been through all the medical procedures, yeah. you understand the risk, you know. Yeah. So you can just, it doesn't make it any easier emotionally, but right. you can at least justify that it's not something you've done wrong. Because right. they run all the tests on me. And right. I've got, um, it was a me issue though. So, because yeah. of course they test your significant other too, right. and they were pretty... Clearly, they're like, this isn't a you thing, it's a her thing, so that didn't help. Oh, that's, yeah, thanks for that <laughs> feedback. That didn't help. Uh, also meant that I was the one being poked and prodded like a pincushion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one responsible for making sure that I took all the meds and yeah. I did all the things. And so, yeah. Yeah. How, and you may not, I mean, I can edit anything out, so you may not even want his name in there, but I'm just curious, like, how Stuart dealt with that and if that's not something you want to talk about that's totally fine too honestly he didn't he didn't say much no no I don't he didn't he just 
just supportive and mm-hmm. he's like well you know we'll get there when it, yeah. it'll happen when it's meant to happen i think yeah. pretty standard husband yeah like if he took any personal ownership he never expressed that was it hard for him did he i think so yeah the, the second one because we had made it to 14 weeks yeah so that one was harder yeah um and i had to have a dnc for that one yeah um so i think that one hit both of us more yeah. emotionally whereas the other ones were a little earlier so yeah. you're not as attached yeah. and I think too same for him I think that's another reason we didn't have a third is because <laughs> when my daughter hit like two I was like oh maybe a third I remember and yeah he came back the next day and said so I said scheduled a vasectomy um <laughs> so I was like that's a hard no and he was like that is a hard no yeah um and I think it's he's like do you like yeah. do you want to go back on all those meds do you yeah. want to do he's like more losses and I think that part made it clear that yeah. it was he was done dealing with that piece of it too. Yeah. And I got over it like a month later. I was like, whew, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was that hard one. I don't know what just happened in my life, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah. You don't think you ever want to, I mean, it's obviously you're not going to, but you don't think you're ever going to like miss having a baby. No, I have a girlfriend very close friend who has a brand new baby mm-hmm. and I'm good. I don't, I don't miss the up every three hours, yeah. the eating all the time, mm-hmm. the screaming, mm-hmm. crying, diapers, yeah. bottles. Like if I tell my two go get ready for their date, they're capable, whether or not they do it is an yeah, entirely different it. discussion, exactly. but they're physically capable of getting up off their butts and going and getting ready for their day right. without me having to yeah. do it for them. Yeah. So it's a level of freedom. I'm not sure I could go back to. I love it. Nursing and washing bottles mm-hmm. and all that. Lugging a diaper bag. <laughs> you exclusively pumped too, did. didn't you? It was a full time job. Yeah. Yeah. How often? Like, how many times a day did you have to pump? Uh, in the beginning, I got up twice at night to pump, and then at least three or four times during the day. But I was lucky because Jasper, Jasper nursed in the beginning, but he pacifier nursed, which was the problem. But I made a lot of milk because of it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to pump as much with him. Yeah. Um, but Kenzie never took to nursing at all. So yeah. I had to pump my milk in. Oh. Like, so I, I had to pump every, like, hour and a half. Yeah. To get the milk to come in. To come, yeah. Um, and I never made enough. She still had some formula. But I couldn't, with, a, with Jasper wasn't even two yet when she was mm-hmm. born. So I didn't have the time to right. pump as much as I needed to because yeah. I had a two-year-old who needed you know, Cheerios and gummy snacks. So see, I got lucky. My, and I complain about it sometimes. I feel like I have two kids at the, I feel like they're not even sisters sometimes because their personalities are so different, but they have the same developmental needs and they're going through the same things developmentally. Mm -hmm. But I almost feel like it's better. It was better for me, just my temperament, because if I would have had a two year old and a baby, I don't know if I would have been able to manage that. I don't rem- honest. I don't remember much of the first year because it's Same. it is, it's a blur. I had mm-hmm. two in diapers, two in cribs. Mm-hmm. T- it was it was bedlam, mm-hmm. and then I had to go back to work. How, how um, soon after each of them did you go back? Uh, I was pretty lucky. I had J- um, Jasper in March, mm-hmm. so I actually didn't have to go back to work until August when right. school started back up. Right with Kenzie, I wasn't supposed to go back. I think I, I had slated to take 12 weeks mm-hmm. and around week eight, I started going stir crazy and I actually mm-hmm. called and asked if I could go back early. <laughs> please let me come, please come back to work. Yeah. Um, because you've real, you know, going back to work the first time sucks yeah. and it's hard. Um, and, but then once you're in the swing of it, you realize you figure out a way to manage both like being a working mom. Right. Um, and then you realize the adult conversation is good mm-hmm. and it's good to get out Helpful. and be an adult person and not just someone's mom 
Um, although I work in my kids' schools, so yeah. I'm often referred to as Jasper's mom or Kathy's mom. They'll scream right. me down the hallway. I'm like, actually, at school, I'm. <laughs> yeah. So, but they just laugh and they still just call me Jasper's mom or Kenzie's mom. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's someone's mom. Yeah. I th- well, and that's what's nice for me about working. I don't have to be a mom. I don't have to put on the mom face Mm-mm. when I'm at work, and it's nice. I like it. I, I, um, you know, there are different things that I would like to do where I'm working isn't, you know, the perfect fit for me. I don't think, but it's still nice to not have to be that. That part of me can stay behind. Mm-hmm. I love it. Do you ever? I mean, you've got a while to go before they're, you know, grown. Do you ever look forward to? Not having to, like, when they're grown. You're still a mom. You're always a mom. But are you mm-hmm. looking forward to when they're grown and out and doing their stuff? I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I'm a ghost controlling. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be hard for me to not know where, even when they become, like, middle school, high school. I'm like, yeah. oh, gosh, they're going to be, like, somebody, somebody told me the other day, like, oh, well, once they hit middle school, they can just go home and hang out after school. And I was like, do what now? <laughs> like, without adult supervision in my house? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, that's the reality of it is yeah. it's going to be having to figure out how to not be a part of everything. Because yeah. right now they're, they're still young enough that yeah. I, I control every, yeah. I control every person they hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. going to have to get better at um, letting them be their own people yeah. and, and making, they're going to, I'm going to have to let them make their own mistakes yeah. and I'm going to have to let them fall. And mm-hmm. hopefully I've taught them that I'll be there mm-hmm. for them no matter what and just hope that that's yeah. kind of enough to. <laughs> and my to, own anxiety about yeah it. but uh, I don't know yeah I don't and that's one thing that I don't struggle with but I understand it and I feel I, that's where a lot of guilt for me comes in because I feel like maybe I should be more concerned and maybe I'm a little bit if sometimes I feel like I'm just like a slacker or maybe I should be more that way I don't know no. I get I think I'm just overwhelmed with it all so I just don't have the emotional bandwidth yeah to do it I, it's you know, there's times too where it, it hinders their development. So mm-hmm. I have to me not stepping back. Right. You know. Right. So what has been the hardest thing about parenting? Like you wanted a kid so bad, is it everything that you thought it would be? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. Um of two kids, two very different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um and they both need handled very differently. Mm-hmm. So shifting from one parenting style to another literally mid argument yes um over the literally they're arguing over the same thing but i can't speak to the both of them mm-hmm. the same way yep can't implement consequences the same way um do they notice that do they question like why do you deal with him differently than you deal with no, me they've no never they've never asked that. no because and i think they started. realize that they each need something different we talk a lot because of what i do for a living yeah we talk a lot about how everybody needs something different to be successful. Right. And that's mommy's job is to find out what each person needs to be successful. And right. I've explained it ad nauseum that some people need more at different times in their lives than other people do. Yeah. So they've never questioned. I mean, Kenzie actually was sitting at the kitchen table the other night talking to me about how a student in her class was having a tough time and talking about what she needed in that moment and awesome. what they did to help her. Um, so they've got a good grasp on that then. Mm-hmm. You're lucky in that respect because mine are like fairness. Everything we live in a utopia, <laughs> and I'm like incorrect. Fairness is not always that equal. Is, that's my yeah. that's my motto. Well, and that's the thing. That's and I think with twins, 
there's always... Well, mine are different ages, too. Yeah. So theirs, yours are literally in the same place yeah. at the same time. So they probably do feel that they should well, be treated the same. Well, and I think exactly. a lot of twin parents, twin moms, feel like I'm not doing everything exactly the same and that's wrong. But it, actually, no, it's not. It's better for you them. You wouldn't treat two kids born at the right. different times the same way. Even identical twins. twins. You yeah. know, I think... They're still their own people. They're still their own people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, we have. We've had to encourage twin moms to like separate their twins and mm-hmm. don't don't constantly keep them in the same classes. It's actually not like <laughs> when we went into kindergarten registration. So like there's the table and there's the guidance counselor. And I think she was there just to triage the twin moms because she's like, oh, we have twins. Are you going to keep them together? And I'm like, no, we want different classrooms immediately. And she's like, I love you, yeah, you know, because need- she didn't have to explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they need they mm-hmm. need to be separated so they can learn to be their own people yeah 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 and we've seen a lot of them flourish because of it yeah because you often will have one twin that talks more than the other and then so then the other one doesn't get a chance to express him or herself and Mm -hmm. so then you separate them and all of a sudden this quieter one actually does have more of a personality and can make some independent friendships yeah so that's nice yeah what kinds of things do you see just in what you do what kinds of um like behavioral issues are really, really common right now. Because I think a lot of people have a kid with a behavioral issue or a certain issue and they feel like really isolated in it because they don't talk to other, they don't know if anybody else is struggling with it. Are there any that are really common? Um, we're seeing we're seeing it happen a lot younger now. Really? Which is very concerning. Um, like kindergarten, first grade students that we're already talking about having to find alternative placements for because oh. they can't manage within a general education setting. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are, a lot of students come in with minimal social skills. Um, they're not taught how to play. They're not taught how to share. Um, they're, I had one mom who told us we weren't allowed to tell her kid no because it was too negative of a word. And we were like, well, we say no here. Like, (laughs) You can have that rule, but just be aware that the judge is going to tell them no eventually if you don't tell them no now. Yes, yes. Um, A lot of aggression, Mm -hmm. um, yelling, screaming, I mean tantrums um, out of little kids. Yeah. I mean, we understand that there's developmentally going to be times that they struggle, but right. when you have a kid, a five-year-old who clears a room, literally yeah. destroys a classroom, um, it's concerning. Um, is that considered like a developmental delay or is it considered just a behavioral issue? It depends on where it stems Onwards. from. Okay. So um, sometimes the students have on, um, have d- developmental delays that have never been identified. Yeah. Um, and whoever it's hard to say where that comes from too. You know, it's, mm-hmm. is the pediatrician not being diligent enough in asking the right questions and sending the student for a developmental eval earlier? Mm-hmm. Cause early intervention is oh. the best prognosis yeah. for a student. You know, if you have a student with a developmental delay, um, parents who are in denial yeah. is hard. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's, there's a whole level of acceptance that has to happen on the parent's part to accept that there's their child is right. different. And as a parent, I, I get that. Right. Um, my own son has been in therapy for years. Yeah. As a psychologist, that was hard for me. Was it? Because I'm like, why can't I help you? I help other kids all day long. Yeah. Um, and I can literally say the same thing to him verbatim <laughs> that the therapist says, and a light bulb goes off if Joe says it. Yeah. But I say it 
And it's like, mom, you're full of crap. You don't know what mom, you're talking mom. about. He'll be like, mom, this is what Joe told me. And it's brilliant. And I'm like, I literally said that to you yesterday. Listen, <laughs> do but, we need a decoder <laughs> ring? Because I feel like we need a decoder ring. But I think it's because it's me. Yeah. And I'm mom. And, you know, having it come from a different person right. is right. is always better. And I think that um, we see that in the school, too. You know, yeah. we'll man- you know, we work with kids all day. Yeah. And the parents are like, oh, I tried all of this and all of that. and it, But it's different because we're yeah. different people and we have different expectations. Yeah. Um, there's consistency is an issue. I'm finding a lot of my parents are young, like young, young. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to be... The biggest issue I have is they want to be their friend. Yeah. And you're not, you're not there to be, I hate to say this, but like, I'm, I, and I, I'm not there to be my kid's friend either. Right. I want them to trust me yeah. and I want them to know that I'm there for them. But my job is to set limits and to set boundaries right. and to create your ability to be able to function independently. Right. And sometimes I'm going to have to make you mad in order yeah. to do that. And a lot of the parents don't want to make their kids mad. I think it, I think they're scared. It's going to reflect badly on them as Mm -hmm. parents. Um, so instead of having the kid who's on the floor having a temper tantrum because you told them they couldn't have a lollipop, they're going to give them all the lollipops. And yeah. And, but then you have a kid who's used to throwing a temper tantrum and getting what they want. And at 14, that temper tantrum is going to be a serious issue. I have kids in elementary school on pins. Really? Yeah. Because there's, there in society, there are rules and there are regulations Mm -hmm. and you, you got to learn how to play by yeah. the rules and, and by the regulations. And if you're not going to, you have to learn how to respectfully mm-hmm. um, argue. Right. And make your point without right. being rude and disrespectful. Yep. Um, so my daughter's going to challenge everything in this <laughs> United States, in, in the world. Yeah. But she's got she's to learn how to do it without screaming yeah. and throwing a hissy fit about it. Because no one's going to listen to you right. if you're coming across. And that strength, like that tenacity is really great, but you've got to learn how to hone it and mm-hmm. refine it for it to be useful in any way. Otherwise it's just going to hinder you. Yep. I and don't, I don't want them to just do things because people are telling them to. Right. I want, I do want them to have critical thinking skills mm-hmm. and I want them to be able to think for themselves, but they need to learn how to respectfully disagree with somebody right. or share an opinion without coming across like a conceited jerk. Right. And so that's the problem is we're having a lot more students come in who are used to getting their own way all the time. Yeah. And they struggle to engage with peers yeah. because then you're in a room full of other kids who right. <laughs> and also don't want to share. We've got a lot of personalities here. Yeah. And yeah. so, and it's the teacher's job to set limits and set boundaries. Mm-hmm. The, the swearing, the, the way that they talk to people really? is mind boggling. Uh, yeah. I've been in classrooms where teachers have been called some pretty choice words. Really? Oh yeah. See now mine. Okay. I'm a sweary mom and we've had like philosophical conversations at the, at the dinner table about like you know, can a word be good or bad? And when, when is it appropriate? When is it not? And it's not really bad to say it, but we don't say it in front of these people. And it's disrespectful if you say it in this way, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't think mine have ever, and I could never picture them swearing at someone every now and then they'll be like, they'll say it. They'll be like, something went wrong. And they're like, ah, shit. And I'm like, watch it. Yeah. You know, but they've never, I could never picture mine. I read a referral last week of a six-year-old who was running away from a running away from somebody picked up a crutch and hit another kid in the head with it and when the teacher stopped them looked at the teacher and said what are you going to do about it you fucking cunt bag whoa how old that's common sixth grade oh so you have these students who are at this wicked high level of need and what (laughs) we run into is is this behavioral like Uh are you choosing to engage in this right or are we looking at a, a mental health issue right and 
it's tough because when you have a whole family where all, right. you know, four, five, six of the kids all engage right. in the same behaviors, you you don't know. You yeah. know, you do your FBAs and you do right. your BIPs and you implement all the plans. Well, and that's, and... you can implement all the plans, but if you've got a family of six who are having issues in, you know, their, their interactions. They won't seek outside counseling right. oftentimes, which so you... is, because you need family systems at right. that point. Exactly. We can't. We can't force family systems. Yeah. We can encourage it. We right. We can give you ref- referrals and we can right. give you all the supports. But but if they're not seeing that it's a requirement at home, right. what happens is they get to a point in their age where they're like, well, if I don't have to behave that way in society and at home, I'm not going to behave that way at school either. Right. But then you do have kids who have legitimate, significant mental health needs. Yeah. And despite the best efforts of everybody mm-hmm. involved in their lives, they can't manage yeah um and that's heartbreaking mm-hmm. you know and i've had kids who have told me i don't want to be like this and they break down and they cry and yes. they're like I, I don't know i can't control it mm-hmm. um i've had kids who have gone off their meds mm-hmm. and then have really started struggling mm-hmm. so it's, it's the medication thing with kids is a is a big um topic a lot of it's hard. It's hard for me. Like we were talking last night about, you know, potentially a, like a low dose of an anxiolytic mm-hmm. for Harper. And, um, it's, I struggle with that because I'm like, you know, I'm aware the brain is still developing and all that stuff, but at the same time I can see her struggling. And of course, why wouldn't I do something that might help her? Mm-hmm. But I still have that internal struggle. What are your, like, can you talk a little bit about that, about like kids and medication and when it's appropriate and when it's not? So that's, that's hard because I, I've seen kids where I've gone and I've been like, that is literally, if you were to have ADHD and a picture of a kid, this kid, (laughs) that kid would be that. And if you, if you have a child that is truly has, um, like an ADHD or an anxiety diagnosis, there is a physical imbalance in their brain chemistry. Right. And that just is what it is. Right. But you also have a lot of students who display the same behaviors but it's behavioral and yeah. it's environmental yeah. and it's because they've, they're on technology all the time. So they're constantly mm-hmm. stimulated. So if their brains aren't stimulated all the time, they act out to stimulate themselves. Whereas it's yeah. not really, um, a true brain imbalance, like a chemical right. imbalance at that point. Um, you rely on hopefully very honest parent input. Yeah. Do you get that. on, do you get that a lot? Do you feel like parents have a lot of insight generally, or do you feel like you're kind of having to deal with helping the parents to recognize certain things both both yeah I have some parents who are very honest and open mm-hmm. and tell me all the things <laughs> sometimes more things than I want over share over share <laughs> it's a TMI moment mm-hmm. um and then you have some who are very guarded and I think it's because they're worried that you're going to judge them for parenting yeah and parenting is one of the hardest jobs in the world yeah and um nobody wants to feel like they're being criticized mm-hmm. or judged because of how their parenting, what their parenting choices and styles are and how their kids are behaving. It's not an easy discussion to have. Mm -hmm. So I feel like some parents aren't always as honest as they could be, Mm -hmm. but not, and not, not as a, I don't think they're doing it purposefully to hinder their child. I think they're concerned about how people are going to view them if they're more honest. Right. But the flip side of that is too, without all the information, it's hard for us to program and plan properly. Yeah. So it's building there's families that I had to work with for two, two or more years before we finally got to a point where they knew that I wasn't going to judge them yeah. and we were in this together and let's yeah. work through this. 
Um, and that's hard when you're dealing with a kid who's maybe in kindergarten and struggling, and now you're going to see them going into third grade before you're able to build a rapport with that family. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's that many years that the kid continues to struggle because you can't get the rapport mm-hmm. to get them to work with you. Yeah. That would drive me out of my mind. It's frustrating. <laughs> but it is the job. Yeah. And it's understandable. Yeah. Like, I understand it, but it must be so frustrating some days. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have some parents who jump on medication, I think, too mm-hmm. soon um, without trying. And I blame this on the pediatricians, too, because I've had parents literally call while sitting in my office and say, I think they need to put on, they need to put on Ritalin. And the doctor's like, okay. Yeah. And just sends, send, and it's like, do you didn't even, or they don't, they don't talk to the school. Right. They just, you know, they, the parent goes in and shares some concerns. The next thing I know, Johnny comes in with Vyvanse. Yeah. And I'm like, did, did, did any of the teachers fill out rating skills? Did yeah. they talk to the teachers? No, I just, I told him I thought he was having problems. And yeah. so this is where we went. So some of it's not, it's on the doctors too, because you're going to trust your doctor. Right. If your doctor says, hey, I think you need your, this might help your kid. You're going to, you're, you want to mm-hmm. be a good parent. Right. So you're going to, you're going to do that. Because well, and I the think doctor. a medical doctor is going to say medication because that's what a medical doctor mm-hmm. does. That's their orientation toward fixing problems. And that's fine. But there may also be a need for, you know, additional help, outpatient mental health help or, you know. And a lot of medical doctors are super reluctant to encourage that in addition to. So all the research shows that a dual mm-hmm. dual work is the really the best way right. to manage like an ADHD diagnosis. Right. So medication, yes. Yeah. As long as you're teaching it in tandem with strategies for them to cope with their executive functioning deficit. Right. So yeah, the medication's going to calm them down, but if you don't teach them the skills they need when they're in that moment, right. what happens when they're 15 and they're fighting you and they refuse to take their meds? Yeah. You're not really fixing the problem. Right, exactly. You, they need to develop the strategies, too, and a therapist mm-hmm. is who's going to help you do help that. Help you with that, yeah. Um, a medical doctor's not going to work with you every week no. to build well, coping skills. I think, you know, and then there's the families who are super resistant to the idea of medication. So they're like, we're just going to go to therapy. We're going to work it out. And it's not. Oils. You need both. And rocks and crystals. Yeah. I, I've had parents. And no, no, I'm sorry, people. No offense to your essential oils. But um, lavender is not going to help Johnny sit in a seat and pay attention in the classroom. Mm-hmm. If he truly has. That's the thing, too. Like, right. if they truly have. A neurochemical imbalance. A neurochemical imbalance. It is what it is, and that's how their brain works. Yeah. And we can teach them all the strategies, Mm -hmm. but if Johnny is impulsive, Johnny's not going to remember the strategy when he needs to remember it. Right. He's going to be in my office crying Mm -hmm. because he knows the strategies. Right. Feels bad about himself now. Yeah. Because he couldn't use it. And then what happens is fast forward to four or five years, Mm -hmm. now Johnny is beating himself up. Has and all depressed these negative core beliefs about himself because internalized. he's constantly told you need to sit, you need to do this, you need mm-hmm. to do that, you, and then he develops a negative. Why can't I do this? All my peers can do talk this. cycle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why? Why? Why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. I'm a bad kid. I'm stupid. Yeah. Um. You know. And then you're doing your suicide assessments and you're riding an ambulance right. to the hospital with a kid because yeah. they're cutting and it's just it's. Yeah, it gets so out of control so quickly. Mm-hmm. What? It's even as a parent. Yeah. Because I, I considered medication for Jasper. You know, it's not easy. He's, you know, there's been several times he's been, he was five, Mm -hmm. five or six. I'm going to cut my own head off because I don't deserve to be living in this house and you don't Mm -hmm. deserve to have me and I'm not, I'm not a good. And it's, it's heartbreaking because we don't talk like that in our house. And so he's, he literally came up with all of these things on on his own. own. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there was a time where we weren't sure therapy would be enough. Really? And we might have to medicate. Uh-huh. Um, 
He's grown a lot in the past year. That's good. He really likes the guy he works with. But it was a lot of family work. Mm-hmm. We had to do a lot of making sure we were parenting on the same page. Right. We were using the same words. Yeah. And we were firm with him mm-hmm. about what the expectations were mm-hmm. and building positive self-talk in him. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times of year where he struggles more. Holidays are horrible. Yeah. I don't know why. I think they're just super overstimulating. Um, Routines get messed up. There's time off of school. I he- think Santa Really? I almost told Jasper Santa wasn't real this year. Really? I think it was the anxiety of not being good enough for Santa. I I never thought about that. He would constantly, they put an elf up in his, once they put that elf, I don't have an elf, I'm not, I can't do it again, back to the Pinterest thing. My elf would have a broken leg and he would be sitting in the same spot for the whole time. Our elf didn't show up until like December 13th (laughs) and then she lived on the mantle for like three weeks because she was super tired because she'd been on vacation, that's why she was late. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do it, but they they put one up in the classroom Mm -hmm. and I could just, then... Then it's the, I think it was, I'm con- he's, he's anxious. So then he's constantly being watched by mm-hmm. something. Is he going to get nothing but coal for Christmas? Yeah. What if Santa doesn't, I mean, it was this constant. And I actually was like, I think I'm just going to have to tell him. Yeah. Like it's almost not worth it. It's too much for him. It's, yeah. It's almost not worth it. <laughs> Stress him out too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's getting to an age too. that He might start figuring, I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe next year. But it seems to be between October and and Christmas yeah. is is disastrous yeah. in our house. He is super anxious. Is he – how is he with routine? Does he do best when you have, like, a steady routine? Does he – Oh, if we change something, he's not he's not uber happy. Like, yeah. um, but he's getting better at accepting it. it yeah. But I think, it, too, it's – we've gotten better at how we present it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember once soccer got canceled. Literally, I got the text message as we were walking out the door. And so I was like, well, now everybody's just go- – now we're all just going to gymnastics. And he yeah. Couldn't lost it. it. Yeah. Um, but now if I was to say something like that to him, um, we would be able to talk through it and he'd be okay. We'd get in the car. We'd make alternate plans. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's to a point now where he can calm, calmly talk about it, whereas yeah. before it was instant breakdown. And do you attribute that change to therapy for mm-hmm. him? Yeah. And maturity. Mm-hmm. He's just getting older. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, if honestly, if we hadn't had him in therapy, I don't think he would have developed the skills that he has. No, he started using his, you know, emotion words yeah. and, his co- and he'll, he can verbalize strategies now. And in the moment we can mm-hmm. use them. Um, whereas, and he's learned all of that through yeah. what he's done with Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, with Harper too, I found like, I can say to her, you seem like you're anxious. How are you feeling? And she can label it. She can tell me where she feels it in her body, whether she does or not, because she still is held back by that. She shuts down. She's the type of kid that'll just shut right down. Oh, he goes and hides under his bed. Yeah. And I, I can't, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, well, when you come yeah. out, then we'll talk yeah. because I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. lay here on the floor. With I am not Miss Cleo. I can't read your mind. Yep. Yeah. So. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. Yep. The summer's rough. The anxiety leading up to school because they don't tell us who the kids' teachers are until the week before school. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's fun. Um, so then he worries the whole time, am I going to yeah. have friends in my class? Right. What? But hopefully, I think, too, as he experiences it, so this will be his This will be his fourth year going yeah. back. So I'm, And he knows more kids now because yeah. he's had a couple different. So, yeah. And also, if we have really busy summers, mm-hmm. that's tough for him, too, if we're bouncing from place to place to place to place. So mm-hmm. I've also enlisted a we're not traveling more than like once over the summer yeah because if they can't handle it they can't handle it it's stressful for me man yeah packing them all up to leave Uh, is a disaster yeah um so that helps him 
and then um, I foresee my daughter lasting maybe another year before she is medicated. Really? Oh, hardcore medicated. She's super busy. She's got the attention span of a gnat. She's like um, distracted by fuzz. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. But she's so cute, and she's so <laughs> like she had two very different kids. Jasper, I I tell it's funny because Jasper. Kenzie has the same kindergarten teacher that Jasper had. Oh, really? And What's... so we'll laugh about it yeah. sometimes. And I'll be like, two different kids, huh? She goes, yeah. She, but she loves she loves yeah. Jasper, too. He's he's wicked smart. Oh. Um, and unfortunately, New York State doesn't do giftedness, blah, blah, blah. That's um, lame. Because giftedness is a complete, you are, you feel completely outside. And that's his, that's been, peers. that's his biggest problem. And that's a lot of what they work on in therapy is him understanding, like, yes, you are legitimately smarter than uh-huh. your peers but you can't tell them that it's rude you still have to interact <laughs> with them you have to figure out how to do that yeah. You know? yeah and so that is a lot of what gets him in trouble in school mm-hmm. is because he doesn't want to wait for everybody to catch right. up he's bored mm-hmm. because he's sitting there he's been lucky in that he has gotten very good teachers who have given him enrichment work over the years yeah. or who have let him um or who have in essence forced him to have to interact with his peers right. and and kind of get over himself yeah um and do that um also he's very lucky he doesn't agree with me that mommy works in the school <laughs> he doesn't like um, that no not a fan a, not a fan <laughs> um because i'm there to advocate for him on a daily basis yeah if something comes up i can go down to the teacher and i can say listen here's what's happening mm-hmm. x y and z needs to happen yeah in order for him to continue to be successful here mm-hmm. Um, and they, the teachers have come down to my office and been mm-hmm. like, listen, this happened today. How can we do this? Yeah. Um, he worked with a social worker for two years doing some um, cognitive behavior therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm lucky in that respect yeah. as a mom yeah. that I can nip things in the butt at the beginning. Whereas yeah. moms who don't work in the school, yeah. you've got to set up the appointment and you got to there's a lot of with the teacher and you got to, you know what I mean? Also, they know what I do for a living. Yeah. So, but it's counter productive because sometimes too I worry that they're judging me right because of how he's be like well you're a psychologist his, why can't he yeah he, his, he should be behaving better and mm-hmm. I'm like when you have a kid who is cognitively wise functioning four years five you know yeah advanced across the board with the exception of emotions yeah so that that's... is and that's where his his therapist has been working with him there it's you know he's got that kind of dissonance problem mm-hmm. where his brain is way up here but yeah. his emo- he's still emotionally he's still a seven-year-old boy yes and even for him that causes him anxiety because mm-hmm. he'll tell me he'll be like mommy i know that i should be able to do this yes but i can't mm-hmm. and now he can of course he couldn't verbalize that to me two years ago but right. now he can say i know that i should be able to do this but i don't i don't feel right um, he doesn't like making friends. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to talk to them. Yeah. I, how how do I yeah. join in on a game? I mean, he and I had to do like a whole social story about how if people are playing tag at recess, how yeah. he, I mean, he was even too anxious to like join a game. Right. Whereas with most kids don't, because he, he overthinks it. Yes. So whereas most kids, they're, <sighs> they'll just run in and they'll be like, I'm playing a game with you. Whereas yeah. because he overthinks it, yep. he doesn't know how to get in there. So I had to like teach him. It's really hard when you, when you're, when you intellectualize stuff and you understand things and then, I mean, you see connections and you understand things in very, very, very complex ways and you can see connections and associations, mm. but you don't have the, in the moment, you don't know how to manage the emotion of it. It's so... Mm. And he sees things too. I had a I had a moment with him. Mommy, mommy cried a lot. Um, he, we he was talking about playing at recess, and I, I said, "Well, why don't you play?" Because he's got a couple of really good friends in the other class, 
And I said, well, why don't you play with so-and-so at recess? And he's like, well, he was playing a tag game or something mm-hmm. with other with some of his other friends. And he tries he she's tried to get me to play, but then the leader of the game said that there could only be so many people, so I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he looked right at me, and he goes, Mommy, I know there's no limit. I don't know why he just wouldn't say he didn't want me to play. Yeah, But because, like, he can cognitively rationalize that. He knows exactly what's going on. He there's knows no, The that kid thinks he's being super, like, subterfuge. And, about it. Yeah. And he's like, he's just being a jerk, Mom. I don't understand, like, why he just wouldn't say I couldn't play with him. Yes. He's just being very, like, yeah. black and white And to about him, it. that's what he would say. Yeah. That's what Jasper would oh, say. Oh, Jasper would say, I, I don't like I don't... you. I don't want to play yeah. with you right now. So he doesn't understand <laughs> my other kids. Yes, dude. Yes, I get it. I know. He's like, and he was like, I don't, I don't get why they feel the need to to be like that to play that it. game uh, but oh. then he also tries so hard to fit into that he's mm-hmm. gotten into trouble because he's like so he'll try to play with older kids mm-hmm. but then they realize that in some ways he's very naive yeah and he's gotten into trouble because he's been like left holding the, the stick so yeah. to speak while the big kids have kind of they're like, yeah. here, do this. And he's trying to play trying, and he's trying yeah. to fit in, but he doesn't socially get that that's yeah. not okay because he's not yeah. a 10-year-old yet. Right. Um, so we've had uh, to have conversations about that too. It's so hard. And it doesn't get easier at 36. Mm-hmm. I feel the exact same way, mm-hmm. but I, I I understand that. But then he sees a sister who can befriend any human being she comes across. She's she, she's spunky. Yeah. But she's loved by that that child. Mm-hmm. I've worked in that building for five years. That child knows more people than I do. I'm not even kidding. I, <laughs> I walk, believe it. I believe it. I walk it. with her in the hallways, and she's saying hi, calling everybody mm-hmm. by name, getting hugs and kisses. I mean, she's she's also super empathetic, uh-huh. and she she gets people. Yeah. And she'll like if they're having a hard day, she'll make sure she gives them hugs. I remember once we were in urgent care. She was only like three for an ear infection. Mm-hmm. And we were, I knew we were going to urgent care, so I stocked up on all the foods mm-hmm. and all the snacks and the tablets. And there was another mom in there who was not as prepared. Yeah. And so their, her little one started crying and saying she was hungry. Kenzie mm-hmm. reached in my bag, pulled out a Nutrigrain bar and walked over and oh handed it to her. Um, and that's just her, that's yeah. just, I, nothing prompted that. Yeah. Like it was just, Jasper would have complained to me because the kid was disturbing him while he was trying to yeah. play on his tablet. Yeah. <laughs> Two very yes. different yeah. like kids. But she is... But at the same time, she can't she can't focus on anything yeah. to save her life, and she doesn't want people to know how smart she is, which is concerning to me. Because she wants to fit in, and I think she probably recognizes, I don't if I look and sound more like them, mm-hmm. then I'll fit in better. Yep. Because I was filling out her like preschool packet, and I was like, I don't know if she can do any of this because mm-hmm. she doesn't work for me academically. Yeah. J- Jasper will sit down and do workbooks with me all yeah. day long. He'll read to me all day. Mm-hmm. He'll we'll talk about science and yeah. we'll do experiments. And she's just like, I'm I'm gonna go twirl over here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. But then I could hear her. Because they were doing the test with her. Yeah. The little stinker scored in like the 97th percentile. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't know she could do any of that. Yeah. And I work in education for a living. Yeah. But I also, I'm not going to force it on her because I don't want her to hate it. Right. So I never pushed it. Right, right. Because she's already telling me she hates homework and she doesn't want to do it. (laughs) Um, But she's... She, they told me she's like really OCD and meticulous. So she does a lot of like, she'll write something, but it won't look just right. So then she'll erase it and do it again. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, now I'm starting to see some of that. Yeah. That play a part, but she also, like, she's already got a wiggle seat. She's, <laughs> she's, 
the good yeah. thing is, is she's cute, but I, I keep telling her teachers, like, that the cute Don't. little bubbly personality is only going to get her so far. Yeah. I said, don't let her skate by on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want her thinking she can either because yeah. that's not, that's like, not how it works. No. Yeah. Um, so we're, I, I tell people all the time she's kindergarten away from Redland and they just look at me and laugh and I'm like, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah. because I've seen, I've seen what happens. So I, my office is in the elementary school, but I primarily work with middle and high school students. Yeah. And I have seen, yes, I have seen what happens with unchecked ADHD. I have seen right. People who have literally gotten kids who've gotten to their junior year, mm-hmm. great, great, great. They go off their meds. They stop using their strategies. They get in with the wrong kids, mm-hmm. and they literally they're they're a year away from graduating. College is lined up, and they've everything's done. Falling apart. They yeah. stop coming to school. Yep. They stop turning in work. They, yep. And it's it's heartbreaking. It is. I and- have I had a girl who couldn't graduate last year because of a gym credit because <sighs> she couldn't pass gym because she wouldn't go. Yeah. You literally just have to show up. Yeah. Like, we had even put in her plan that she didn't even have to change. Like, I mean, we, we literally, yeah. like... <laughs> we made it as easy as possible. Like, you literally just have to show up and sneeze at yeah. this point. And, <laughs> and just <laughs> breathe in a corner and you pass. <laughs> and she just, she couldn't... Couldn't do it. She, in tears. Like, yeah. she's like, I know this is all I need to do, but I just, I can't. And, she, mm-hmm. and But they get to a point, too, where they want to take control. And I don't have to take my meds, and I don't have to do what you tell me. And right. I don't have to. And it's like, ooh. So that's the other piece of it. I yeah. don't... I don't want, I also don't want her to over-rely because mm-hmm. I also have students who are like, well, I didn't take my meds today, so I'm not in control of my behavior. Yes. And I'm like, if you know enough to say mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. you're not in control of your behavior, me thinks you can do something yeah. different. Well, and that's um, the problem. I know some 50 and 60 year olds who will play that game. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to play that game with you. You, If you are wise enough to say, oh, I'm flighty and I have this issue, then you are capable of dealing with it and mm-hmm. at least making an attempt and yeah. that's what scares me with the girls. And I, I, that's, I think where most of my anxiety comes from is because I'm, I'm not in the moment I'm focusing on if this behavior or if this issue doesn't get checked now, mm-hmm. uh, what's it going to become at 14, 15. And it, I get so scared cause I was that kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I got, I got a lot of flack from my own family when, cause I put Jasper in therapy before he even started kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, like I was yeah. like, he's, he's struggling to successfully have interactions. He's mm-hmm. clearly anxious. There's like, I saw enough red flags yeah. that I said, something here has got to, I've yeah. got to give him some strategies. Right. Um, and I got a lot of flack from my own family. Oh, yeah. he's just a kid. Give him some time. He'll outgrow yeah. it. He'll mature into it. And I'm like, yeah. until what? Until he's eight, nine, 10. Yeah. And he's unruly. You still have so much plasticity at this age and, but it's, it's, it's waning quickly. Once yep. you get to five, six years old, you've got yeah. a very small window of time yep. where you can change. I you hear know. a lot of times, oh, they'll outgrow it. And I'm like, actually it's going to cement into this and it's going it to in- intensify. It becomes ingrained because yeah. that's then that that's what, that's their, that's their cognitive schema. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a lot of intense cognitive behavior therapy yep. to change that schema, yeah. to change that train of thought. To, and it never changes. Change you just learn how to habit. manage it. Yeah. And then you then you have a person who for the rest of their life has to constantly work, work harder at it. Mm-hmm. to manage that piece of them. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of what you learn for the rest of your life, you learn young early. Yeah. And if you, you don't learn it, then it's mm-hmm. hard to learn it as an adult. It is. It's difficult. And I did it. I mean, I did it anyways. I, I mean, yeah. despite my own family being like, oh, you're nah, nah, nah. And I was like, well, I know that this is what's best for yeah. him. And so we're going to agree to disagree yeah. on this one. Um, and that's your temperament. What would you say to someone like me? Because <laughs> like, you and I are so very different. I mean, we've known each other. How many years? 
I think I think we're coming up on our 20 year anniversary. Yeah, I think we are. We better plan yeah. something. <laughs> so 18. It was 2001 when so they went that, to 19. It'll be 19 years this year. Yeah. 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 We got to do long. something. Too long. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Too long. I've known you longer than I've known my husband. I know. Uh, so what would you say to someone who is more like me? Because I would waffle if somebody was, and I, I can't help it. Like I would be like, am I doing the right thing? Somebody could make a just a general, very subtle suggestion that maybe they I shouldn't be doing this, and I'm 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 second guessing myself. What would you say to parents who? I always just tell them to trust their gut, and they're the yeah. parent. Like that. That is. Yeah. You know that you're. You are. You know your kid best in a lot of ways, and ultimately, what ha- what happens to a kiddo is ba- like I can't I can't do something with or for a student that the right. parent's not on board with. Right. Um, so sometimes it's meeting with them often to mm-hmm. to figure out what what is it that you're questioning. Yeah. Are you waffling because your great aunt Susie said mm-hmm. something that might have, yeah <laughs> you know, might have made you feel bad? You know, and so some of that is just teaching them that they they are the ones in control of what can happen mm-hmm. but you there's only so much everybody's got their own temperament too yeah. and yeah so that is i've always kind of been my own my own force and i, I don't mm-hmm. normally take yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> um, so i mean it, i i have changed the kids pediatrician mm-hmm. um and i i was very blunt with her about why mm-hmm. don't care that she's a doctor hour that she went to school for a lot longer than me mm-hmm. um you know she tried to tell me that Kenzie Kenzie was three and still nobody could understand what the hell she was saying mm-hmm. it was like talking to a minion right and I said she can't I said nobody understands her like she she's clearly having some articulation difficulties and the pediatrician was like well her language is fine and I said her language skills are fine yeah I said, I'm not concerned about her language skills. Right. I'm concerned about the fact that she's throwing temper tantrums because she can't ex- express, herself. express herself. And it's frustrating because she knows what she's trying to say. And right. we know she's smart, mm-hmm. but she can't get it out. Mm-hmm. The damn doctor told me to try yoga mm. and behavior strategies. And I said, do you have on that piece of paper what I do for a living, right? And, <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I said, so can you explain to me what it is that I do for a living? Like, yeah. you know, like I'm a this, certified this behavior is- specialist. If you don't think I have it, I got the charts. I've got the stickers. I've got the, I said, that does nothing. Yeah. If she's frustrated because she can't tell me what she knows. Right. And it's frustrating for me as a mom because yeah. I want to understand her. So we do yes. the hot and cold game and we do, <sighs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's so tight. You know what I mean? And I get why she's mad. Yeah. Teaching her how to do downward dog is not <laughs> going to help to help the problem. Yeah. And she, she wouldn't hear it. And I said, well, we're going to agree to disagree. I referred her for a speech eval without the doctor's permission. Yeah. I'd be darned. The speech pathologist was like, uh, she's like got some really ingrained like articulation difficulties. They yeah. started her at three days a week of speech. Yeah. But the doctor wanted yoga. And it doesn't, I have no problem with I'll all of the holistic the stuff. That's fine. Let's do yoga too. If maybe that will be great, but we need to seriously deal with this issue mm-hmm. and yoga is not going to deal with this it's issue. It's not going to teach her how to make an S sound. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and within, within six months of intensive speech therapy, her no more behaviors. Mm-hmm. No. And cause I, I knew where they were yeah. stemming from. I'm not going to implement a behavior chart for behavior. She has no control over. Right. Because then 
Right. I'm going to give her negative thoughts about herself because yes. in essence, I'm asking her to do something that she can't she physically do. do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was literally no, t- like it was like night and day. Mm-hmm. Uh, people could start understanding her mm-hmm. and that's when her personality started showing. That's yeah. when we were able to, that's when we started seeing the funny yeah. and the bubbly and because she, yeah. now she's not a good damn child. Don't shut up. But, um, <laughs> but I did, I completely, I, I disagreed with her mm-hmm. and I was adamant. Um, and then I went into a month later, took Jasper in and uh, explained to her what we had been working on in therapy, talked mm-hmm. with her about cognitive dissonance and, and all of the pieces that we've been working right. on. And she asked me, she goes, well, what's cognitive dissonance? And I said, okay, so this is either one of two things. Either you don't know what that is. And as a pediatrician, that's concerning to me because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be specializing in child development right. or you're questioning my knowledge yeah. of it. And again, I'm going to go back to, yeah. did you read, did you read what I do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you got to know your audience yeah. too. And, um, and she, she actually, she tossed her hands up and she goes, I don't know why they just don't say he has ADHD. And I'm like, because it's not. Because he doesn't have ADHD. ADHD. Like you, you <laughs> talked to him for five minutes and he's been working with this therapist for seven months. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but I trust this person. Right. More than you. Yeah. And then. Again, I was like, we're going to agree to disagree. I changed their pediatricians. And I met with the doctor's office and I very clearly told them what my thoughts were regarding her professionalism. Mm-hmm. And also, I work with her professionally as well. Yeah. And very unhappy with what she presents and tells parents that they right. then come back. But she's a doctor, so. So, and I think that's. And I have to be respectful, but at the same time be like, so doctors don't always know the best ways. (laughs) Doctors are great at treating viruses. Medical issues. Medical issues, but they're not, you can't, and you may have a great doctor, that's great, but I think people think, well, they're a doctor, they know all this stuff. No. A medical doctor did not. They're not trained in mental health. No. They have have no training, not Mm. to the degree that you would need to legitimately. Yeah. And it is, it is clearly evident if you go into any kindergarten classroom mm-hmm. because there are students that you meet and you literally, I, I can, I can spend 15 minutes with them and go, how has this child not been referred? Right. How has this child not gone to a developmental clinic? Right. How has, and that's, that's a disservice yeah. because you have some parents who are, they could be first time parents and they have no idea, no they, idea because they've got nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So they think their child is developing just fine. They right. take them regularly to the doctor. They're doing right. everything that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And the doctor tells them, oh, they're fine, fine, fine. You plunk them in a kindergarten and they, they are, they not, fine. are not fine. Right. And then we're the ones yeah. who have to tell the parent they're not fine. Yeah. And then it's us. Yeah. And then it creates conflict because for all these now years, the yeah. doctors told them that they're developing fine. And all of a sudden, oh, they've only been here for one month and you're yeah. telling me they've got all these problems. And it's and so it's, hard because people, they're like, well, they're a doctor and you're not a doctor. And I'm like, well, yeah, no, but um, I, I'm not a doctor. But I, I have specialized training in child development. Right. And so. Yeah. It's so hard. You must be working against gravity. It, it must feel like that. It is very hard. <laughs> I would go out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Or some kindergartners who can't talk. Can't talk? Like, oh, yeah. Like speech delays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you get to kindergarten and no one has recognized a speech Kenzie. delay? Well, yeah. it was yoga would have yeah. been what solved my little one's problems. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't. Ugh. And, yeah. you know, the problem is, too, the majority of parents don't have the benefit of however many years. I mean, you and I were in school together. Um, I've spent a lot of years you know, in psychology, I've switched to writing, but I mean, we have that background and that understanding where a lot of parents don't, and they're just like, you're being a dick and I'm going to punish you for it, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, 
yeah. trying to figure out what the issue is. Yeah. Is it sensory needs? Do you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. I tell the kids all the time they're lucky. Then, then, like I said, they don't always agree with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in the <laughs> dropping Jasper off at before school. Well, the both of them before school the other day. And I was mediating a problem that mm-hmm. was happening because I can never stop. Yeah. And uh, they were fighting over dance dance. And so I was in I had all my bags right on my way to my office. And I'm like, well, let's solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to swipe my, my card in. I'm going to I'm going to clock in. Um, and uh, and one of the little girls after it was all solved, she goes, Jasper's mom, Jasper's mom. <laughs> and she goes, she saw my tag and she goes, oh, you work here. Because I was telling him that he needed to come down to my office after school instead yeah. of going to after school. And he, she looked right up at Jasper, and she goes, "You are so lucky no. that your mommy works here. That is so cool." Mm-hmm. And Jasper looked at her, and he goes, "Are uh-uh. you high?" <laughs> exactly. He looked at her like she had five heads. You have drugs like, right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Because <laughs> he's like, she knows everything I do, and I can't get away with anything. Because yeah. I'll ask him, I'll be like, "So how was your day?" Yeah. And I'll look at him in the rearview mirror, and he'll be like, "Oh, it was great. I had a great day." I was like, "Did you have to go to the think chair today?" And he'll look at me. And I'll look at him <laughs> and he'll go, did you talk to the teacher? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so we have a firm, firm agreement yeah. where it's like, if you tell me first, then it's, then you will get in, then it, then the consequences are, if you're honest with me yeah. and we can have a legit conversation, yeah. but there may be no consequence yeah. if you can have a legit conversation with me about it. But yeah. if you're going to lie yeah. and I'm going to get a phone call from the teacher later, then it's going to be an entirely different discussion. Yeah. And he's actually, yeah. he's learned. He'll yeah. go, oh, fine, and he'll, like, tell me. He'd rather just have the conversation. Yep. But it took a while to get there. Mm. For a while there, he'd ask, it's better if I tell you now, right? I'm like, yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but he, and it's funny, because I'll, I'll, he'll, like, come home talking about a kid, and I'll be like, <laughs> you know. Um, but it puts me in a tough spot, too, because I yeah. know families, and I have to tell myself, if I didn't know, mm-hmm. if I didn't work here. Right. I wouldn't know yeah. that so-and-so's background. Yeah. So that's a serious dual relationship issue for you. Um, yeah. Working in the school where he's going to be making friends. Yep. How do you manage that? <laughs> uh, a lot of times I have to just let it go. Yeah. Uh, as also would say. Um, so, but it's, it's tough because I want him to not ostracize people because right. of where they may come from right, or what right. their backgrounds might be. Um, and I want him to be accepting of people mm-hmm. for them as yeah. humans and as people. Um, so I just have to be very careful about what I say. Yeah. And like he wanted to have a play date with somebody mm-hmm. and he was like, mommy, just look up their number. <laughs> and I was like, okay, mommy can. Yeah. But, uh, creepy. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> like I can't just this randomly. Is, this is not something that other people do. I can't just randomly text moms and be like, Hey, I found your number in the yeah. system. Um, so I had to behave like every other. So I have to, right. sometimes I have to sit down and go, okay, if I didn't work here and I was every other mom and I didn't know what I know, how would I act? Right. And that's how I, I had to, I had to recently do that for my daughter's birthday party. Yeah. Um, and like with that instance, I actually wrote a note yeah. and like put it in Jasper's backpack yeah. or like so for him to give to his friend to take yeah. to his mom. So his mom could text me. Yeah. So it was like, it, yeah. you know, it took longer, but I had, that's, that's how like, you have to do it. Yeah. But it's funny because then she texted me and she goes, uh, Hey, it's so-and-so's mom and they would love to get together. And she goes, by the way, you, you are the 504 chairperson, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm just I try to keep mom. my mom, my mom hat, and my yeah. my chairperson hat. That's separate. gotta be exhausting, just in and of itself. People, I I find that people are really 
respectful of it because I mm-hmm. set the boundary pretty early on. But sometimes yeah. I have to remember who, because I have a lot of mom friends who also work in the school, so I can be more candid yeah. when I'm yeah. talking with those people because we work together and right. so there's the confidentiality issue isn't right. an issue right? because we work with the same kids and we're right. on the same school team. But when I, with mom friends who are just community mom yeah. friends, sometimes I have to be careful what yeah. I say yeah. or even hint at yeah. if they bring like certain right. issues up or something like that. Was that a hard thing to learn to do? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm a very just like, blunt well, and you person. naturally are just talking. Yeah. And you're just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, but they're usually really respectful. Like they've never asked me about kids. They've yeah. never, um, the, the only thing I get is sometimes a, a text message, like, Hey, any insight into if we're having a snow day, winky face, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause they think I might know. Before yeah. them. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. they're usually pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, what worries me is that other moms are going to feel like because what I do, I'm judging them oh, right. for whatever their kids are doing. Right. And I can I have concerns that it's going to impact how You're, they're going yeah. to let their kids interact with my kids. Right, right. Um, I mean, so far it, it hasn't mm-hmm. seemed to be an issue. Like yeah. I said, Kenzie's friends with everybody. Um <laughs> And Jasper's found his people. He's mm-hmm. got like a good five. That's good. A good, and I said, that was like, that's good. Like, that's five, really like, good. That's good. You don't yeah. need to befriend the whole, the whole. No, you, I'd rather see my kids have five close friends than 50 random friends. Chanel is in a unique position as a mother because she has the academic background to help kids who are struggling do better and to help their families assist them with that task. So it often feels icky for her when her own children are struggling and she's not able to fix the problem for them. I understand this to a certain degree because my background isn't as heavy in psychology as Chanel's and it's definitely not as focused on developmental psychology, but I have the language and the academic knowledge to drive myself crazy sometimes as a parent. So while our education gives us both a bit of an advantage as mothers in some ways, both Chanel and I can often feel hindered by all of the things that we know and understand and recognize and are able to apply to the lives of others. If you're enjoying this episode so far and are not ready for the conversation to be over yet, hop on over to patreon.com slash twomomsdaydrinking and unlock an extra hour of bonus content in which Chanel talks about a bunch of different stuff regarding parenting. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend and come back next week for another episode. The music for this podcast was written and produced by my father, Bob Gross, on his goddamn electric ukulele. I'm Stacey Gross, and this has been Two Moms Day Drinking. See you next week.